Okay, I said yes. Go up to the zoom. And then I'll be the zoom on this one. It's not yet. Okay. Um, you're tuning to the last words with podcast. I want to thank you all for tuning in from wherever you are in the world. Um, and uh, um, here today I've got a special guest, uh, Francis, who's got a great business who who really trying to buy people through through the through the through the art of food, and he's on here to share his story, share his journey, and I'm I'm happy to have him on. The first guest, I think, also of this year, so I'm happy to have him on, share his story, and inspire everybody here. So, Francis. Yes, yes, yes. Hello, people. Thank you so much, Babs, um, for having me here on my first podcast journey um, as well. I'm really excited to be here to really share my story um, as an entrepreneur and just really tell um, my journey of you know, how I got here, um, you know, just, you know, give a bit more of uh, my childhood, um, growing up, um, what made me wanted to really be um, um, a business person, what motivated me, uh, my long-term goals, and just a bit more about my business, really, and what I do and stuff like that, really. So that's what I'm going to be sharing with you guys today. Oh, sure. Okay, perfect. Um. Okay, so let's let's go kick it off by you sort of sharing more about you, your your journey, how it how it all started from the from the beginning or from school days to like now, to your sort of journey now. Well, to be fair, like um, the story dates back um, years ago. Um, I was born, so I'm a twin. Um, I have a twin sister, um, and um, other siblings too so um, when we was born uh, my parents left um, Ghana which is West Africa Ghana to come to the UK with my older sister because my older sister was um, sick so they came here and then they had the opportunity to, to remain um, this country so we pretty much was just left behind didn't it? so it was just me and my sister that was kind of left behind so we technically didn't grow up with our parents, me and my sister. Um, you know, we grew up with like, you know, family members, my grandmother, um, who passed away some years ago as well, my dad's mother, and growing up with my aunties, uncles, um, just pretty much anyone that was around. So the upbringing was the very typical norm, you know, the African household, man, like um, very tough you know strict um you know the chores you know so very disciplined from from the get-go and I really wasn't really the best academically um really not um so I was always getting beat at school like ridiculous um I tried to bump school life a lot of times just because I just hated it because it was like um at that point in time, obviously growing up now, it makes sense because, you know, I have dyslexia and I think back home, like, they don't really understand things like that, you know. So I was just quite slow in school and stuff like that. So it was really challenging for me. Um, family members didn't really understand. They just thought I was dumb or something like that. Um, so 
um, it was quite difficult, you know, in that sense, um, thinking, oh, wow, why am I so different? Everyone just passing your stuff, um, but I'm just, you know, not getting it and stuff like that. I didn't really know what was wrong with me. I was just being punished for it. But then it all kind of like took off, said, from that, you know, it hit me one time, you know, as a very young kid, like probably about six, I can remember. And I said, wow, I mean, well, they seem like I can't do anything. You know, they think that I can't do nothing. Like I'm stupid. And I, I remember saying to myself, well, I'm going to be someone one day. I'm going to like do something for myself. And then these people know that I can do something, you know. And I said, oh, yeah, I might not be the best at maths or whatever, English or spelling or whatever, but I'm going to be someone great. That kind of like childhood, kind of like chatting to myself. It was really fun. And then, um, so I come from like a family of like business-minded entrepreneur. So at that time, my, un my uncle, my mom's brothers was, you know, doing some cool business in Ghana at that point in time. And then um, I was very fascinated with what they were doing, like, I was just banging. I was like, yo, like, this is so cool. Um, just them, you know, do your business was really, really, I got really excited looking at that. And then when we used to get pocket money, so I, I just kind of like had a whole world imagination in my head of building my own business as a kid. So it was like when I used to get pocket money for school, I used to not spend it. I used to save it. And then, what I used to do is um, I used to learn it back to my uncles because they will maybe ask, oh, who has money in the house? Because, you know, to just go and buy something really quickly because they might not have immediate cash with them. And I'll be like, hey, yeah, I do. I can borrow you guys some money. And then I used to say, well, if I give it to you, you're going to have to give me something on top of it. And it was a, it was a bold move because at that point in time you can't be talking to elders like that so they used to look at me like are you crazy <laughs> like like we gave you this authority to like you know give me money and borrow but I guess it was something that they liked as well because they saw um, a very hungry boy that just you know just wanted to make something so they agreed you know, on that terms, and then when I borrowed it, it, so it started from there. And I used to love the whole thing, and um, it all started also me doing something in school. I know, like you hear all this story with these entrepreneurs, like yeah, like they used to do whatever in school, but this is like really real. So I used to like organize my friends and charge their money and have like a fucking party at my house, and I get beat for it at the end of the day. You know, so. It all start off like that. So I'll take like little, little, little money from the boys, girls, and I would invite all of them to to my house and have like a cooking sort of like party. Mm. And um, it was quite fun. And then it, it was something that it was getting the attention at school and everyone used to know me as, yeah, this guy that does the, the, the rice party because we just cook rice and stew and, you know, eggs and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it, it just went on from then. I was just looking at my uncles and all of that, just do their business. So I was just fascinated. And then it just, you know, I, you know, as time, you know, moved, um, went on, you know, we got the opportunity to come to, to the UK, London. And then me and my sister came here. Um, 
the year, I think, probably 2007, 2007, 2007, I mean. And then, you know, coming here for the first time, it was like, yo, like, it was a whole different place, you know. It was cold at that point in time. And I was like, yo, what is this? Like, it was steaming cold. And everything was just different. And it was just really hard getting used to the cold, the sun, and because obviously Ghana is very hot. And then here was happy, never seen anything like this. And it was winter time, and I remember seeing snow for the first time. And I was like, "Yo, I'm really abroad," uh, because we used to look at this in on 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 like movies and say, "Yeah, one day, man, we're gonna be there," you know. So then that time started, and um, just went school. Um, and so from there, I didn't really stop the journey. So I started off, you know, so we, I used to get free school meals. Okay. And other kids didn't get free school meals. They had to really pay. So what I did was I sold my lunch for one pound. So I lunch at that point in time was about one pound 75. Uh, £1.60. So I'm selling as as like really on a discount so that, you know, people just buy off my lunch. So I was, we used to get like these cards to go and get food. Um, So it's a card that I would technically just basically sell. So yeah, I became that lunch guy. So I was selling from there again. So I sell my lunch every day and every week I'll go and I'll stack like my £1 on like, you know, my, my window front and I'll just be counting and I'll be like, yeah, in, in a month I'm going to make £40, blah, blah, blah. Because I used to make about £5 a week and it was like a lot of money. To me, I was like, yo, that's a lot. And I just stacked that. I done that for pretty much the whole time I was at school um, and I used that same funding, the money I made to be able to buy things for myself, you know, because I was still really young. Like, I didn't really want to depend on, you know, my, my my parents. You know, I just really wanted to do something for myself because remember, like, I've told myself I want to do something, you know, because I was the way I was getting beat, you know. So I was like, no, nah, I want to do, you know. So I was very, quite very responsible at a very young age. So I started, you know, buying my own trainers um, very young at school. I was about 11 because I was making this, you know, five pound a week, you know, from lunch. And at that point in time, I didn't really know what type of like business I wanted to do. But then I didn't know this was how it was all started. And um, as years went on, obviously I got to understand that I have a learning condition that I didn't really know what that was. And then it all started to make sense to me um, that something I was really getting beat at you know, back home, like proper beat, man, like, you know, whip me, you know, touch your toes kind of thing and it'll whip your bum. And then here was more so telling me, oh, you have this condition, it's not a problem. You just need more time. You know, you, you just learn differently, but we're going to help you. So it all started from there and I was like, oh, wow, it's just a difference. It's crazy. So I was like, okay, cool. And then it gave me a bit more confidence in myself, knowing that, okay, I wasn't actually an idiot. It's just that I learned differently. So once I knew that, 
I was able to pick up so quickly. You know, I couldn't read for Jack. You know, I couldn't spell for anything, like, honestly. Um, so it was really a struggle. So once I learned that and having that confidence, I just went for it. You know, I just went for it. I was like, I can do this. I'm actually an idiot. And then I started really helping myself in terms of how to spell, by the way it sounds and stuff like that. So gradually, gradually, I, I came really, really good. Until this day, people still think I'm lying now, I have dyslexia. And I said, I really do. You know, it kicks in time to time, but I really do. But the people find it really hard. That I've kind of like self-taught myself to read and write and stuff like that. Um, so it went on from there and I started, it just became a very mad boost. I still didn't do like, hey, I didn't get my A's and stuff like that in school anyways. Um, but that's another story. And I've always said to myself, yeah, I'm going to do, at that point, I think when I got to about like year 10, I said, yeah, I'm going to get into business. So before when was like getting to like college, I've already said to myself, I'm just going to work and just make money and I'm going to start using it to do business back home or something like that. Because remember, I've been seeing my uncles do this back home and, you know, I've seen money. I was like, oh, yeah, that is really good stuff. Um, and then I we went for college and I've always been good with, like, you know, very handy kind of like person. So I studied like electrical engineering, which I really completed at college. And I was pretty much trying to get like apprenticeship after the course, but it was really difficult for me to get some apprenticeship because I'm not going to lie, like they were giving it to, you know, um, more so not the colored people at that point in time, you know, um, it, that was the struggle, you know, so um, I kind of like struggled kind of like secure an apprenticeship. So I said, well, bonnet, man, all I need, I need to just build some money so I can just go and do my business. So I just went straight into work. Like, I was doing all types of work, like, um, so I remember, you know, someone at my college, um, he was from Kenya, I'll never, Joseph, I'll never forget, you know, I was just having a Chinese to say, oh yeah, I make this amount a week, and I was like, what? And this was like a car wash. At that point in time, I didn't know him because he didn't really want to tell me. So he said he used to make like 900 pounds. 500 to 900 pounds a week. In my head, I'm calculating it. And I'm like, I can get this a month. What type of, you know, kind of what is this guy doing? Like, he better not be selling some, something. And he invited me one day to kind of, kind of come and see what he does. So when I got there, and he's like, yeah, it's carwish. And I was like, what the hell? He's like, no, but I'm not lying. This is true. But you just have to work hard. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to give you a shot. So I went and started doing a car wash for the day. I made about like 60 quid for the day. And I was like, wow, he's actually not lying. There's a potential here in car wash. And then, I mean, I did my one or two days and I said, nah, like, funny, man. I, I don't want to be washing all cars. And like, this is crazy. I'm young. I'm sure I can get something better. You know, so then I... <clears throat> Um, I went for some other jobs, um, just working around, you know, being a just handy, handy man here and there. Um, 
and um, just start building capital, you know, just start, you know, every money that I was working for, I was just kind of like saving. And then it, it kind of like got to a point where um, I had quite something. And then obviously I was getting advice that, oh, yeah, just go and use it to buy a land back home, blah, 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 you know, do something. But I wasn't really so keen to just buying a land and I didn't really know what to do. So what I wanted to do, it came to my mind was, oh, I should, I came across that like there was a demand for um, import stuff in the UK, which was cocoa beans. Like they needed that so badly. So I came across it and I saw how much it was kind of like going for. And I said, this is amazing. So I decided to go straight into that. So I started learning a bit more about how I could get a farming back home and stuff like that. So then I officially went to Ghana to buy a cocoa farm and start just um, um start basically um exporting the beans from um from there to here. Initially, what I wanted to really do was make basically the, um, the 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 powdered beans then basically sell it i actually wanted to in fact i actually wanted to make my own chocolate and then sell it back here um and then when i looked at it, the whole process was kind of long and i said well i might as well just sell the beans to them so you know i went through you know trying to negotiate you know with a, you know a farmer and stuff like that and the time was really short at that point in time when i was going to do the transaction you know, Ghana, sometimes things take longer than they should take. Um, so there, it kind of like flopped and I was really gutted. So, you know, I had the money and I was like, well, I need to really do something with it. So I kind of like invested it um, in Ghana and I just left, you know, I left Ghana. And I said, oh, well, I need to do something. That didn't work. But I was still really hungry to still start something, you know, still really quite young. So here now, I was probably about like 80 now. And I said to myself, well, I want to do something. So I saw that like girls was just trying to buy, they were buying weaves out upon weaves upon weaves. And there was, at that point in time, I think it costed about like a hundred pounds for them to get a weave. Mm. And um, I was like, what? That's expensive. And um. I started researching and I knew that, oh, that's not really real hair because it's almost impossible to kind of like supply that much real hair for like everybody. So I started looking into it and it was a process that they basically do. It's basically fake hair. They make these things out of like some chemical beans and stuff like that. As I wanted to do hair business, so I actually got into that. And um, I, I teamed up with my sister at that point in time because... She was more female. She she understood a bit more about the needs of you know the women and stuff like that. So started it off you know with that with some eyelashes as well, and then you know we kind of just left it as time went on. You know made a few sales and it was uh it just couldn't be quite bothered because it was quite just demanding. You know we was just looking for something, not knowing all these times like business takes time to like kind of build. You have to put your back in. And then we, yeah, we just got, we didn't focus again and we just kind of left it. And then 
I decided to not stop there. So I just kept, you know, being hungry and just this entrepreneurial kind of like mind just start kicking in. It's like, it won't let me rest because I'll still want to do something. And I said, oh, well, let me try going back again to doing something in Ghana. So, but then this time around, I wanted to import to Ghana. Yeah. So I said, okay, I'm going to go to China. China has everything. So I started re researching and I found that like, they have this massive trade center in the south of China. It's called the Ewu. And is they have, name it, whatever you need is made there. Like it is a massive, it's like a whole town. Um, and then I said, okay, I'm going to go there. So I booked a flight and I went to China by myself for seven days. Got there and everyone was staring at me. Um, it was like, wow, black guy. Some were very like, more very excited to see me. No one really spoke a word of English apart from the agent I was kind of like walking with. So when um, she's left me, I'm not left to like like speak whatever they speak, you know. So I kind of learned a few words that I need, like how to, you know, to learn the thank you, um, I need this, I want that, I want that kind of like thing. So I started learning a bit of Mandarin while I was there because I just needed to, you know, start using chopstick because there was no no forks. And then I went through the whole trade and um, I looked. It's so massive, honestly. It took three days. And we could, still couldn't even finish, you know. Took three days um, to go through specific type of like district where they do their stuff. So you meet like the manufacturers and stuff like that. So I start I started a conversation with, you know, with particularly I wanted to do ships um, um, products in um, for weddings like decoration stuff for weddings. Because I saw that, oh, this is something that is quite happening really quite rapid. And so I was like, yeah, you know, decoration stuff for wedding will be a thing, you know. So I, I wanted to be more of a wholesaler. I will wholesale to um, people that decorate and they'll buy the stuff for me. I wanted to become like the number one source in Ghana for wedding decorations. So I went through that, did everything. Then now it came down to the financing part and it needed quite a bit of capital to kind of like get it and I was like oh where am I going to get this money you know and it was it was really tough it was tough you know working but I wasn't making that much and I said okay cool I'm going to just you know work and make that money again and then again my brain just don't ever sleep so then COVID now hits now, and then I've now come up with another idea. Instead of me technically trying to follow um, what I should be finishing, I'm now starting something different. So then I started to notice like a trend in myself. Like, well, like, every time I start something, I don't really finish. Like, I start moving on to something as soon as I get a new idea. And um, I said to myself, well, the next one, you need to make a promise to yourself to finish it. When you start it, to make sure you really do something with it. And um, 
the idea came for plantain. And this is like, it came through, you know, I was just munching on plantain crisp, you know, and I was like, right, like, every time I buy this tin, like, it's just plain, like, why can it, why can it not be flavoured, you know, like, you know, and I saw walkers and I saw plantain, I'm like, the difference is really mad. And I'm like, imagine, like, plantain is like walkers, like, we can, I, I can get anyone to eat plantain. Anyone, and I then I said, "Oh, that's sick." And I didn't do nothing much. Then COVID hit, twenty twenty, and I was made redundant. Everyone at our home now say like, yes to me. I was licking my lips. So like, yes, because you know when you're working full time, you kind of like say you do something but you don't do it. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. And it was like, well, to me, I was licking my lips. I saw that's an opportunity. I was at home, I ain't having to work. I was still getting paid. And I was like, yeah, I was absolutely licking my lips. Everyone was complaining. I was like, this is an opportunity. And I went for it. I took off. I took off like a kite, like I was gone. So I, I got up one day and I said, yes, I am starting this plantain thing. And I made up a name just like that within a day, Mr. Plantain. I literally made a logo on my phone um, and I just made up the concept of what it's supposed to be like. And at that point in time, I didn't even know how the flavors would even work. I've already like kind of like writing it down in my head and I'm like how about like garlic and herb how about if we have you know um barbecue plantain how about if we have a bit here and there which is real spicy and maybe jack flavor fish flavor this so initially I started off with them kind of like flavors so I started off with like six seven flavors I had jerk flavor, I had fish flavor. And I was like, this is amazing. I was like, it should make sense because plantain goes with everything. But, you know, like in Ghana, like we eat plantain on the side jollof fries. You know, we munch it with like tilapia here and there. Like, and I was like, well, with the Caribbeans, like they do exactly the same. And all the other flavors starting to make sense. And I was like, yeah, it should work. Then I just got into like just designing the packet, like not even knowing if it was gonna work or not. Um, so I started looking at all the regulation stuff that is needed and all of that. So I started going and I, I started designing by myself. And then I was like, well, I can't do it. So I ended up hiring someone on Fiverr and I went through with that person detail to detail to basically designing it. Um. So I say that I designed it because it was pretty much like my idea, uh, my concept. And I was like telling him, do this, do this, because he had the software to be able to do that. So that was done. And then, you know, done that. And I was like, okay, how can I make jerk chicken taste like jerk chicken? So initially I was like, yeah, let me just go and just, you know, Maybe like put some seeding on or something. Maybe it would work. It didn't. I was cheating myself. 
And at this point, I have built like an Instagram. Instagram is going off. People are like, whoa, what is this? This is amazing. Never heard flavored plantain in my life. And it was getting crazy that like people was ready to order there and there. And I was like, so that even gave me more the um, motivation and excitement um, because people were just getting excited. And I said, yes, I was just licking my lips again. I said, yeah, opportunity at its best. And I looked at like the market, like no one was doing it. I looked at the market as well, like, you know, the market was saying that, yeah, like, you know, the whole people trying to like, you know, taste that new product is going high. Veganism is also skyrocketing. And I was like, yeah, this is my opportunity. So then I started looking at the benefits of plantain. I was like, wow, we've been eating this stuff and we didn't know how good, you know, it is. It had all this great stuff to it. <clears throat> and um, I said, no. And it falls all under all this market. And I was like, wow, I am a billionaire right now. And I said, yes, this is it. I'm in the right market. So then I went for it and I started doing the flavors. Eventually, I got the flavors to be right to what I wanted it, I wanted it to be like. And then it kind of took off from there. So I started doing the deliveries myself through COVID. I didn't know how to really deliver them. Um, so I just get the orders online and then I just I take payment. I did pay to my account, my Mon my Monza account. Which was just quite funny at that point in time. Then I'll just I'll take the address and I'll just deliver it. And through some of my delivery, it was quite funny. People just thought I was just a delivery driver, and they said, "Oh, this this." So I used to go and they say, "Oh, this is amazing. They've been waiting to try this." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." And they're like, "Oh, this this funnel must be really really good because he must be like a, a Indian person, you know." And I said, "I said, like, oh no, he's not. I I'm I'm the one." And it's like, we'll have a massive shock. And it's like, oh, wow. I didn't know, like, you know, he, he was a founder, like, of, you know, so yeah, it's me. Like, I'm Mr. Planting. And then it became a thing. So I started to notice, you know, that while people kind of, like, look down on, like, 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 me, like, colored people, like, us are able to build businesses or what I mean. Well, like, what did they take us for, like? Like, this is nothing. I've done, and all this I've done in three months. Mm. Three to six months, I've built this um, off the ground. And and I was like, I was quite baffled. So I've come to tell my friend now, he was handling the social media, he's like, bro, you need to put yourself out there, man. They need to see what's up. Initially, I was like, no, no, but then I ended up putting myself on there. People find out, oh, it's a black-owned business. So that's where this whole stuff start kicking off with this, like on business stuff with um, uh, Bet on Black. There's, you know, other founders also start trying to open that platform to kind of like outshine, you know, black founders. Um, black Pound Day was one of the one of them as well. So we start following basically all the trends, and then you got I got to learn about oh wow like there are quite some cool black founders out there as well. So so building that network, you know, as a whole, um, in general. And then this time round, like, 
I've learned so much more from my whole journey, you know, as an entrepreneur, um, because I've taken time to really learn each different thing, like the marketing, the building, you know, of Mr. Plantain, um, and me being, I love my food, innit? Like, I love my food, like, and I've been fascinated about all this veganism thing and stuff like that. I think it's really cool, quite healthy, um, because I saw that, wow, I mean, I want to lose weight. You know, mm-hmm. me eating healthy and becoming vegan and, and also promoting that it's, it's a good thing and just adding to the planet, really. And so as a cook, I like cooking. So, you know, I've always been that food guy. So I make all these myself. I still hand make everything myself currently still. Um, people are still shocked how I do it. Um, yeah, but I still currently hand make it. And then Mr. Plantain, it's like, it's your UK. It's going to be like your UK um, biggest brand in terms of like a snack, you know, household brand that everyone's going to talk about. It's not just a snack, you know. It's It goes beyond that. You know, it goes beyond just a snack. You know, we also want to just give back into community by also um, empowering, like, young people um, to um, basically learn how to cook and eat healthy as well. Um, so it's going to be another thing that Mr. Plantain is going to be doing. You know, Mr. Plantain, and on his own, has so many other things, you know, it wants to do in terms of with plantain. Um, but now, you know, we want to start off with just the, the snack itself. Then we're going to now develop into other more like ventures within plantain. So the goal that, that we have a very long term, you know, vision for, for, for the, for the brand, um, very, very long term and positive long term as well. Something that is needed in the market as well. And, since I've started, the, 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 the feedbacks, sometimes it's even hard for me to hear it because I'm like, I don't really believe it. It's like, oh, are they really lying to me? Or, you know, it just, it's been so positive. It's been absolutely positive. And that's my honest truth. Um, how people have received it and be like, yo, this is amazing. They taste it inside. Like, why, you know, in the supermarket? And, you know, I've sold out, you know, starting, you know, going to like events and stuff like that within an hour and a half. I remember my first tour, I was done in an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the person I was doing at market store was shocked. So, wow, no one has ever done this. Well, your product must be really good. Um, so I kept doing that more and more, and I kept doing an hour and hour and hour. Um, and I changed stores. I went to, I thought maybe it's that place. I went to Tottenham, same thing, you know, out, out selling out, you know, and I had same repetitive, you know, like customers coming in, just buying more and more. And they're questioning me now. I need to see this at Sainsbury's. I need to see this at Asda. Like, if I don't see this, then I'm going to be upset because this is the best snack, you know, I've had. And some of the reviews on the website say it all and stuff like that. So currently now we're just working on, you know, building that capital to 
because I pretty much, I funded everything myself. I bleached up every penny myself. Um, but then now to go to the next level is, you know, just looking for that sort of that funding to be able to help to inject it in it to basically push it to the next level. So that's pretty much my my story in a nutshell. Oh, um, thank you for that. Um, because of time, because of time, um, we we have to stop here. But so I do want to thank you for sharing your 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 journey from beginning to end. It was really yeah. very inspiring, and and hopefully, um, we can have you on to to explain more about your business, more about yeah the. Things that you're doing and explaining more about your like, tips and, and stuff that you have for people as well. So I want to yes. I want to thank you for coming on. Um, send me no, your send me your your um social media stuff so I, uh, so I can share it on to people as well. And um, okay, yeah, I wanna I wanna really thank you for coming on, having your first, you know um your first like slot in yeah. in a um. Really? um in a, a podcast um appearance as well on on thank you for coming on and um and yeah so we do uh more stuff so yeah thank you for coming cool. on definitely thank you so much Babs thank Appreciate you so it, much